0: Good evening everyone, continuing our reading from the Bhagavata Sundarva of Srila Jiva Goswami, uh, we we'll begin this evening with the 66th Anuchedha. Uh we're in the section of the Bhagavata Sundarva where Jiva Goswami is uh, extolling the virtues of Vaikuntha, uh, as evidenced uh, primarily uh-huh. in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Throughout the Sundarvas, the primary Praman or evidence for most of his anachedas is the Srimad Bhagavatam, although from time to time he will uh, bring up some other Praman from another Purana or even maybe from an Upanishad. But primarily, both for this presentation of Sandarbhas and for the majority of the commentaries by the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, uh, we find that uh, Srimad Bhagavatam is the the sweetest of the presentations of uh, evidence um, in support of the what we consider the topmost conclusion regarding uh, Vedanta. So Vaikuntha is the shelter of the nirguna state. Since Vaikuntha is attained only by those established in freedom from the gunas it is certainly the shelter of the nirguna state. Nargunyash shravyatva. The lord says this is from the 11th canto 25th chapter the forest is satvik is a sattvic residence The city, a Rajasic residence, and the gambling house, a Tamasic residence, whereas my residence is free from the Gunas. The import is that the temple is referred to as Nirguna, only because of the Lord's presence within the building. That's the extent uh, this particular Anucheda. Uh, Jiva Goswami breaks into two parts uh, so this is the uh, the extent of the first part and in speaking of a temple what Jiva is doing is he's he's putting the context of the fact that there is Vaikuntha wherever the Lord is within the material world so the other references are to material places cities or residences in different gunas uh, the forest as a residence, um, the city, and uh, the gambling house. So also the temple was there, and it's it's in the same category. So the category being a place within the material realm. So the verse that was quoted from the 11th canto, um, there's mention here of Further commentary by Jiva Goswami on this verse, in his uh, Kramasandarva, he adds that just as iron is converted into gold through contact with a touchstone, similarly the deity's presence transforms a physical structure into a temple, or in other words, a transcendental residence. He adds, however, that most people do not see the temple as transcendental because they act the lack the eyes of devotion. The second part of the Anacheda, uh, as I said, it's been brought, broken into two parts. Vaikuntha is transcendental and material nature. Prakriti Paratvam. Um, Sutta Goswami speaking from the 10th canto. Then Shiva reached the effulgent Vaikuntha, beyond all darkness, where Sri Narayan himself resides. It is the destination of renunciates who are established in peace and have given up all violence toward other beings, whereupon going, one never returns. So Shiva was running for his life at a certain point. Hard to believe, considering the immense amount of power that he had, but... He bestowed some of that power. Um the story goes that uh, uh Sakuni had a son, uh Vrikasura. And Vrikasura Sakuni's gotta be a good a good uh, seed, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so um Rikasura, he performed some great austerities at uh, Kedara and his austerity in order to receive a boon was, I just cut off a little flesh and offered into the fire. He thought he gained Shiva's attention by that. Doesn't really say how much flesh he removed from his body but it wasn't successful. Shiva was not was not showing himself so he became a little frustrated (laughs) 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 and in his frustration he said well all right then I'll just offer my head and he was just prepared to cut off his head and offer his head as an oblation into the fire and Shiva did show himself all right what do you want what boon do you want he said, Well, I would like I'd like the power that whose ever head that I touched, they'd immediately die. And Shiva said, All right, that's your desire. You're certainly determined, so So Shiva has some some little strangeness in those that take shelter of him. So Rikasura, um, being the grateful man that he is, <laughs> <laughs> well, being a little lusty after Shiva's wife was ah. what was what was mentioned here, um, decided he'd test it on Shiva himself. So Shiva started to run for his life throughout the universe with Rikasura chasing him. So finally he comes to Vaikuntha and that's the the nature of this particular uh, verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam um, that he had um, gone to that place within the material universe that is free uh, from the material nature Prakriti Paratvam Again <clears throat> Uh, it's important to remember that any place that we see gunas in verses like this, where, you know, Vaikuntha is transparent or transcendental to the gunas of material nature, uh, that means all the gunas. So it may, the Shastra may say one particular guna, but we have to understand from the transcendental viewpoint that there's no one guna within material nature. There's the influence of three gunas to varying degrees. Now, when there's a lot of sattva, they call it sattva guna, but there's Raja and there's Thomas there also, similarly with the other gunas. So, always to keep, be mindful of that. 67th Anucheda. Vaikuntha is eternal. This is Brahma speaking in the second canto. Jana-loka is located on his neck, Tapaloka on his breast, and Satchaloka on his head. But Brahma-loka is eternal. Yuvga Swami then goes on to, to quote from uh, Shridhar Swami. Um, Sridhar Swami says in relationship to this verse from the second canto Brahma Loka means the world called Vaikuntha that place is eternal this means that it is not part of the created material universe the planet that is of the nature of Brahman Brahma Bhuta is known as Brahma Loka is there another name for Brahma's planet? That's a name for Brahma. Such a lo. So you have Mahaloka, Tapa Tapaloka. Those are your top lokas. It doesn't get better than that. The, the bottom one of those, I believe, Mahaloka, that is somewhat influenced by the heat of universal devastation at the end of a day of Brahma. So, uh, at the end of a the day, then there's a partial devastation. All the planets are consumed by fire. That one gets a little hot and everybody goes up one. <laughs> <laughs> to, I believe, Jhana Loka. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Tapa Loka. And above the, uh, you have Satya which is Brahmas planet. So that's the topmost planet, but the residents of all these upper planetary systems, uh, for the most part, all of those those that are perfect knowledge, perfect yogi became perfect yogis, perfect tapas the sannyasis. Uh, at the end of Brahma's life, if they're in that residence, uh, it seems to indicate that they all get entrance into Vaikuntha at that time along with Brahma <clears throat> so in the uh, second canto there's there's meditation on the form of the Lord recommended and um, various planetary systems and planets are viewed as limbs of the universal form of the Lord Um, but all those planets are temporary uh, up to Satyaloka and then Vaikuntha is eternal and Shiva confirms this to Parvati in the Atarakhanda of the Padma Purana in this way O daughter of Himalaya I have explained the most splendid opulences of material nature. Now listen to the wonderful opulences of the supermundane region. Between the unmanifest material nature, Pradhan, and the spiritual sky exists the Viraja River. The auspicious current of water generated from the perspirations of the Vedas personified beyond this is the spiritual sky called tripad vibhuti which is eternal it is supreme immortal unchanging unlimited and never diminishes said the per- perspiration of the person yes mm-hmm. wow it must be like sweat in the storm up there it's sweating a river. yeah uh, this divine abode of the Lord is unfathomable and exists in the state of unalloyed being, Sudasattva. so it's a it's a way of describing the fact that just the you have the coverings of the universe, and what is speaking is Pradhan material nature um, in its unmanifest state. So this would be at a wrapping, you know, when the Lord takes in all the planetary systems and and there's no manifestation of the material uh, universes. But the point being made by Lord Shiva uh, to his wife here is that Vaikuntha is beyond the material nature. And this whole section is, is just to give us deeper and deeper appreciation of the nature of Aikuntha and as I've said during these discourses uh, on the it seems well the, the logic is there's a particular logic called pounding the post so Jiva pounds the post and it seems well I get the point well Let's make sure beyond any reasonable doubt that you get the point, so he 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 repeatedly it seems very repetitious what he's doing here, but the more we enter into the the sandarvas and go through the i mean i i i had suggested suggested to Swami Tripurari, maybe I should. You know, I could compress a lot of this and just go through it. It seems that this is simple, you know, simple tattvas that most every every devotee. He says no, elaborate. This, as Jeevas elaborated, you elaborate in the class all the detail. So I'm elaborating, elaborating all the detail under tire instruction. Uh, I, you know, well, I have to do what I'm told. <laughs> And I don't mind it, but just it does sometimes seem repetitive. We're covering the same point again and again, but uh, there's something to be had from that. Uh, and we notice that after sitting here for months doing the same, the same thing three evenings a week, uh, we get into a re- rhythm, and you start to see where you come away from it not with in my particular case, because I have no memory for it, but you come away with a real sense of what what's there in the Bhagavatam and how Jiva's milked the Bhagavatam for these truths in such a way that they have they truly have an effect. You understand it when you're reading something. You you know it comes something will just come back to you yes that's something jiva made very clear in his sundarbas i don't remember the particulars of the section but i remember the philosophical point and it's now i can use that and you'll find yourself using those points and and, and you know to better understand what you're studying at any time or what you're reading in the, in the Bhagavatam or anywhere else. Without the commentaries, we have no entrance really into the Bhagavatam, pretty much. hmm So, 68th Anoceta, the Vaikunthas exceed, surpass liberation. Um... Jiva Goswami begins, Vaikuntha is attainable only through bhakti, which belittles the bliss of liberation. Moksasuka, tirakskari Bhakti, Eka, Lavyatva, as was stated by Sri Brahma to the gods. This is from the third canto, Brahma speaking. Those who listen to worthless topics that destroy intelligence and which concern matters other than the descriptions of the divine leelas of the Lord, who destroys all sin, do not enter Vaikuntha. Instead, those other topics, when heard by these unfortunate people, rob them of their essence and cast them into the regions of darkness where there is no shelter." so here what's happening is lord brahma is responding to uh inquiries by the demigods as to the condition within the universe because uh, uh there's there's a demon afoot in diti's womb and it's even within the womb there's uh, uh the astrological signs are showing themselves in the universe. <laughs> so there's universal disruption there, and they want to know what's the cause of that. And this, this the Bhagavatam is a section leading up to the um, to the story of Jaya and Vijaya. And them, they're being cursed by the Kumars. <laughs> So, a couple verses later, reaching that abode which is city, situated beyond us are those who are beyond the jurisdiction of Yama by virtue of their service to the foremost of all gods. Their behavior is to be aspired for, since their eyes fill with tears of love and their bodies thrill as together they relish the exploits of the glorious lord so lord brahma here is simply reminding the demigods that it's the devotees they have a very glorious situation they are not interested in gramya katha and because of that they they have a true relish for krishna katha and that relish swells up in them to the point of tears in their eyes and to the point of they actually do not they become free of the gunas of material nature and they they attain uh the supreme Jiva goes on, the words dure yama from the verse, second of the verses, can be understood either as meaning that they are beyond the jurisdiction of Yamaraj or that due to having attained perfection they are beyond all rules and regulations, Yamas and Niyamas. Only such persons go to Vaikuntha. So what an easy pathway and that's Steve is going to bring that out in, a, in another couple of anachetas. The easy pathway of the, of the devotee is simply to absorb themselves in the pastimes of the Supreme. What's well, a little more than that involved, we know that. I mean, it's not you just sit down and, you know, you just become absorbed. Uh, good association helps, and chanting a little, and. Uh, but uh, sometimes you have some experience just to become absorbed. I remember, for me, I don't know why this happened, but when I got my hands on the Krishna book, you know, in the... When could it have been? Probably 70, 69 or 70. I'd, I'd come and come back from school, and I was going through Pittsburgh, and I, I went into the bookstore there, and I'd already been reading the Purple Bhagavad Gita, and I'd read the, the Teaches of the Lord Chaitanya three or four times. And then all of a sudden, I go into the bookstore, and there's Krishna book. A Same cool. author, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. And not only that, I open it up, and there's an introduction by George Harrison. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, wow. So I bought it. <laughs> and i went home and i actually didn't sleep until i'd completed it oh my gosh. i couldn't sleep i just had to keep going it was wow. you know didn't take that long for me the but the first it, volume or? yeah just the first volume, it was a two volume. Pretty impressive. yeah but uh that's how you know so that's the point that's what that's all it takes if we could just Stay reading it all the time; it'd be perfect life. No <laughs> problem. But if you really look at the life of the devotees, and that's what Jiva's going to go to here, is is this is the this is really the extent of the austerity of devotional service—is to completely absorb yourself in the levels of the Lord and disassociate yourself from the. The talk of worldly affairs and worldly life. That's that's really uh, a key to uh, advancement. The phrase, Mrs. Jiva goes on, the phrase, together they relish the exploits of the glorious Lord, Batur Mitha Suyasasa, indicates the well known truth that devotion of this kind surpasses even the bliss of liberation. This is confirmed further on by the Kumaras in the Srimad Bhagavatam, where they say, Those who have taken shelter of your lotus feet, who are expert in speaking of you, whose glories are purifying and worshipable, and who have experienced the sweet taste of devotion, have no regard for liberation." they speak this verse after they met devotees. The devotees they met were Jaya and Vijaya. So, they realized, they realized that, of course, they realized the error of their ways, but they also realized, wow, this is what, you know, we're liberated, we're jivan muktas, we have no material desires. Uh, It just, it doesn't exist in us. But, these individuals are, are held such a, a higher position than we do. And as we go through these next Anochetas, um, Jeeva will also pull that out. The commentator makes, uh, takes a couple stabs here at the uh, Brahmavadis. So we'll go through these. We like this, uh, these things. Yeah. It's also in his book, in the in the Sundarbas. We take the second half of the Tattvasundarba, and and Anucheta. After Anucheta was was to make the points regarding the the, the impersonalistic viewpoint as being inferior. Uh, Liberation in Brahman basically refers to zero, a zero point of material being. I mean, that's the extent of it. It's important to understand that, that this Brahmati, if you really deeply understand what that conception of the absolute is, certainly acceptable. We're not saying it's not acceptable. It's better than material existence. Well... <laughs> Sometimes the Vaishnavas say that's questionable, but. <laughs> so it's a zero point of material being. There's just nothing material, free from the gunas. But one can't taste any positive blissfulness in the state of Brahman, Brahman realization. In Vaikuntha, however, the internal potency endows the devotees with a spiritual body, with the self-identity of belonging to the Lord and existing entirely for him, and with a particular relationship with the Lord through which the devotee loves and serves him. So the Lord's leelas, punya, shravana, kirtana, all the the sinful life, punya, just shravana, kirtana eliminates that. Again, some evidence, Narda says the following, this is from the first canto, those words, which, though wonderfully composed, do not contain the glories of the Lord, who is capable of purifying the whole world, are relished by sensuous people who are compared to crows that feed on refuse. Swan-like devotees never take delight in such descriptions. According to Jiva Goswami, this would be from his commentary on these verses from the Bhagavatam. The term Agabit, the destroyer of sin, the epitaph uh, applied to the Lord from the third canto, three fifteen twenty-three, quoted in this section, means Krishna, the killer of Agasura. So he's giving some commentary. When pastimes such as Krishna's killing of the demon Agasura are faithfully heard, all sins are dispelled from the heart. Sri Jiva Jiva is implying here that hearing Sri Krishna's pastimes is more purifying than hearing those of all his avatars. So Jiva's in his commentary from this verse, in the third canto, is pulling this this from the verse and saying really we're talking about hearing about Agasura. and if you're hearing about agasura and, and, and his Lila Krishna's Lila in relationship to Agasura, that the pastime is more powerful in hearing of all of the Lord's other manifestations more purifying than hearing those of all his avatars. Mm-hmm. And yet, unfortunate people do not take interest in hearing them, even after achieving this hair, rare human form. Shri Kapila laments for such atmas. So that means even like hearing about Lord Shri I'm just reading what it says here. You can arrive at your own conclusion. That, does, does that mean that hearing Krishna's pastimes is more auspicious than hearing the pastime of Lord Nursingadev? Yes. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. We're sweeter. Hmm? And it's the ultimate goal. So the answer is yes. <clears throat> Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with Lord Krishna's pastimes. <laughs> yeah, because in that in that part. There's best, bestest, bester. Oh, right, bester. <laughs> even even Krishna's pastimes in the Torah they're not as. No, correct. correct. As <clears throat> <giant>. Sweet, <laughs> sweeter, yeah. sweetest. Because okay. it says that principle here in Shrimad Bhagavatam. You know there's five things that are auspicious and then Jiva Goswami I believe says that means specifically the tenth can either Sanatana or Jiva, I don't know which, so that means from where's that? in some kind of, Swami said that. He said that, that you know there's this five right. things and it says hearing Shrimad Bhagavatam, but it says means hearing the tenth Kent. Right. right? Nice point, yes. <clears throat> now from uh, Vishwanath Vishnu Thakur. <laughs> discusses the account found in some Puranas of Asuras who temporarily went to Vaikuntha. So Arthur Darsini. Um, we well, kind of. Vrikasur, did he make it to Vaikuntha? Yeah, he did. Because the Lord talked to him. Okay, good point. Yeah. And the planet that Shiva it doesn't really designate whether uh, the Vaikuntha planet that Shiva went to was in the material universe or if he left the material universe. But what this speaks to here, Vishwanath here, this uh, is being brought out that Vishwanath points out that sometimes even demons, asuras, or materialists go to Vaikuntha. So the explanation is there. His conclusion is that these demons do not experience vikuntha 's transcendental qualities. Hmm. Well, then where did they go? I mean, you know, if you're going to go to Vaikuntha, it's like well, it's like, going it's like a Valley. blind man going to Disney World or Hawaii. <laughs> you know, you're really not going to get the the effect of of, uh, of your travel. Well, he even said- Right. End, or Vrindavan. So many you know. people go to Vrindavan, but they don't see Vrindavan. So. Yeah. Right. So their going there is tantamount to not going at all. When Krishna allows an asura to enter Vaikuntha, it can be compared to a king allowing a tame tiger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tiger. Did I say that right? No. A tame tiger. <laughs> I have trouble with that word. Bhakti Ras doesn't let me say that one, so I'm sorry. Tiger. Decorated with various gems to enter the assembly hall for entertainment. That's me, the entertainment. Sometimes the Lord allows material objects. That's certainly me. Or people influenced by the gunas to be brought to Vaikuntha. Here we are in the temple. Um, For the experience of his transcendental associates. So I'm here simply for your pleasure. (laughs) Such instances include Brigamuni and the Kumaras. As they are not qualified to stay there, they are sent back immediately. The Lord's devotees, however, are taken to Vaikuntha in transcendental airplanes and enjoy eternal residence and loving relationships with him. So a little insight from uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Kijai. Uh, a little more discussion here that the devotees attain such pleasure from entering into the pastimes that they have no interest for homogeneous liberation in Brahman. <laughs> Commentator likes to use words. Oh, interesting. Uh, this is confirmed by the Kumars, the best of the Gyanis, who directly experienced Vaikuntha and the dealings between the Lord and his devotees. So their, their, their example was given again. And also, Sukadeva Goswami confirmed it in relationship to his own experience that... He also was a Jivanmukta. Mukta. He was completely liberated. He was Brahma Bhuta. But still, uh, he says from the second canto, O saintly king, although I was situated in transcendence beyond the gunas, my heart was captivated by the delineation of the pastimes of the Lord, and so I took, it up, I took up its study. Now we go into a series of Anuchetas, starting with 69. Vaikuntha is Satchitananda. Uh, This is the first, I believe, of four or six Anuchetas. Dealing with this point, the evidential Praman verse from the Bhagavatam, the Lord states himself in the 11th canto the following. Thus, those who perpetually adhere to my paths, which I myself have established, to attain the highest highest welfare, my abode, which they know to be the supreme Brahman. Then Jiva goes on, ex- in explaining this verse, to say the following The term me patha, my paths, refers to the means to attain me, namely Gyan, Karma and Bhakti, Jnana and Karma are included here because they are sometimes a little helpful to some devotees at the beginning of their spiritual development. Keshma, the highest welfare, refers to that place which is filled with the auspiciousness of my devotion they know that place to be the absolute truth, or Paramam Brahma. A similar example is found in the Tenth Canto. And then the verse regarding uh, the vision of Vraj that was given to the residents of Vraj is quoted. After reflecting in this way, the supremely compassionate Sri Hari revealed to the cowherds his own abode beyond the darkness of the material world. That abode is the truth, knowledge, that abode is the truth, knowledge, infinity, and eternal divine light that thoughtful sages witness in the depths of trance after the effacement of the material qualities. You'll notice that specifically uh Orion's group of translators and the way they 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 seem to even make up their own English words uh when they give, you know, translations to verses and, and where they present the Sandharvas uh specifically in relationship to uh To those that have some inclination towards uh, romantic, it, it came out pretty pretty interestingly in the uh, second half of the Tatvas and Darba so they seem to make up their own English language they push the English language to the limits in trying to get the point across it's and they, and they do a very effective job of it so this translation into English of this verse after the effacement of the material qualities, it's mm. not a made-up word. Made word. I know it's not a made-up word, but it's their just their use of Having. of the language. So, in the commentary, some interesting things are brought out. Radical non-dualists do not accept that Vaikuntha is a transcendental realm because they are predisposed to interpret all form as limitation. So, natural, there's, if you have Brahman, there cannot be a limitation of a planet. My gosh, that, that would completely defeat the whole purpose of Brahman, their their understanding of Brahman. But they turn that around, Sachin Orion turns it around and says, but this limitation itself becomes a limitation because it denies that the Supreme could have a transcendental form. <laughs> They consider unqualified Burman to be in itself the supreme destination. And at best they make Vaikunta a symbol for Burman or Mukti. Synonym. Synonym, yes. Um, So, this this idea of. I'll just read on. According to them, time, place, and direction do not exist in Brahman, but are perceived with Brahman as their background. They are material upadis or artificial impositions on spirit. So now the count is there, Uh, Vaikuntha is Satchitananda, I said there'd be four or six, it's actually four Anuchedas that uh, Jiva's going to deal with this particular thing and in these four he's going to explain the Swarup, um, the nature of, of Vaikuntha and this is the first of those four. A little evidence uh, just to reinforce the point uh, regarding Gyan and Vairagya as being a little helpful. Uh, That's brought out, of course, in the Bhakti-rasamrita-sindhu. There's a specific verse there. Uh, Gyan and Vairagya, this is Rupa Goswami. Gyan and Vairagya are somewhat helpful in the beginning to enter on upon the path of devotion, but they should not be considered as distinct limbs of bhakti. Uh, Then uh, the commentator uses an interesting uh, analogy. You can clean a gun, but having a clean gun does not make you an expert marksman so it's just he's just saying you can have gyan or you could have vairagya but as a marksman you need to need to be qualified as a marksman to hit the mark so you have to be qualified in bhakti to to attain the supreme so you may have knowledge you may have a little renunciation you may have a lot of knowledge and a lot of renunciation But none of that is going, is really what's... You have to know how to use it. You have a clean heart. You can have a clean heart, but that's not... That's actually... That's a good point, yes. You can have a clean heart. Although he doesn't bring up the word heart, but that's exactly uh, an extension of his analogy that's nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can clean your heart with knowledge. You can harden your heart with renunciation. (laughs) but neither having a hard or clean heart is going to give you bhakti. (coughs) Um, In the commentary here, uh, Jiva Goswami takes a little bit of exception with the way that Sridhar Swami uh, comments. Comments on one of the Praman verses. Uh, although Sridhar Swami has interpreted the verse to conform to the non theistic view of the Absolute, he has identified the words Tamasa Param, which means beyond material nature, as an ad- adjectival phrase modifying by Kuntha. Jiva Goswami mentions this fact to indicate that Sridhar Swami understood the transcendental nature of Vaikuntha. This takes us back again to the Tattva Sundarva where Jiva specifically points out to the readers of his Sundarvas that uh, Sridhar Swami used a preaching strategy. Although he doesn't use the word preaching strategy, it's quite apparent that that's that's of course what he's referring to. Because he's trying to capture the attention of the Brahma bodies, okay, and and pull them into the to the leela of the Bhagavat. So you have to glorify their path, or they're going to quit reading your commentary. And Jiva says in the Tattvasandarbha, I'm not going to use those passages where Shridhar Swami glorifies their path to capture their them in because he knows he knows what's being presented in the Bhagavat there's no question about that who could write commentaries like this unless they were they were a personalist they had the personalist conception, but still he used this you look at this at. The, you look at something like this in the context of the whole Jiva Falls issue and it's, it's the same as what's being presented by Jiva Goswami in the Tatvasandarbha. We should never think that Srila Prabhupada, Bhaktivedanta Swami, doesn't know that no one falls, especially in his commentary where he says, it is a fact that no one falls. I mean, it's pretty pretty evident. But we should never... Okay. But we should never think, just as we should never think that Shridhar Swami is not has a misconception regarding the topmost position of of uh the personal concept of the supreme bhagavan taking precedent over brahman we should never think that about shridhar swami simply we should never think about Srila prabhupada as not having the proper concept we should recognize a thing for what it actually is so we should recognize that, you know, both Swami used a preaching strategy, and also Prabhupada had to use a preaching strategy, or felt it necessary. And some may question whether he, whether that's he actually had to use it or not. But whether he did or he didn't, more who are we to judge? It worked. Mm-hmm. It was used, well, okay. and I've heard from certain people ones here this evening that said it worked because without that there would have been difficulty in, in accepting the path of bhakti so if only one person <laughs> reads this Bhagavad Gita and becomes a devotee then I consider it a success if only one person sticks to bhakti because I use this conception of you were with Krishna and you fell from, fell from vraj, then I'll consider it a success And we should look the same way upon that kind of a presentation, not that we would in any way belittle belittle an acharya for using any ploy that they may feel is necessary. There's no need to explain Sridhar Swami's method because the meaning of the original verse is clear. These verses especially describe the residents of Vraj who have absolutely no interest in seeing Brahman. The Vrajbhasis desired to see the des- d- destination that awaited them. Thus, it would be entirely out of context for them to be given a vision of Brahman. That rounds out the point that the verse, the Brahman verse used, cannot be referred, and that verse being the verse regarding the vision. Uh, that was given by Krishna. The Gopas wanted to know, can you show us where we're going? Oh, wow, that's where we are. That looks cool. <laughs> it's the same as we're, we're content there. So the verse cannot be, re, we could not take an impersonalist, an impersonalistic Brahman meaning from this particular verse. It would be out of context. Any questions? Thank you so much for your association.